Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with my sidekick, always here, wingman, Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Got my back. Always. And you're a big guy, and it's nice to have you around. It because, is. You know, Need a bodyguard. I do. I do. I'm always yeah. getting in trouble, and it's good to have you here. I'm here for you, man. Man, that's great. Love yes, you, sir. man. Love so you glad too, you're brother. here. So, uh, Tom, it's always exciting when we have somebody who's exciting. Yeah, I noticed you broke out the fine china this time. That's right. It's always, yeah, we don't do that a lot. We must have a guest today. Usually it's paper stuff, but we brought out the glass stuff. You brought it out big time. We have Father Mike Schmidt. I threw on that Z easy, there. Easy, it was good, though. He yeah. saved it. That was yeah, good. Yeah, it was close, but, it was, but it, was, it was a close call. You know what the nice thing about this show is I can just edit stuff out later. Mm-hmm. Right, this isn't live. It's recorded. Right. Just kidding. So anyway, all that's <laughs> Father Mike Schmidt. And uh, many people have heard of Father Mike because uh, he's uh, on a lot of podcasts. So all the kids are doing it. Uh, it's uh, Ascension Presents and... You're all over the place, Father Mike. It's nice uh, yeah. that you you have an opportunity to talk to so many folks, and so many uh, folks are listening. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's but you awesome. have you have a home in Duluth, Minnesota, right? And you are the director of youth ministry of the diocese of Duluth. Is that right? Diocese? Yep. It's yeah. a, it's its own diocese. It's its own diocese. It's the upper the upper right quarter of Minnesota. So if you picture Minnesota, that whole arrowhead coming off to the to the right of the map, right? Um, it is the northeast quarter. Amazingly, I feel at home now. I just, I feel like I know where I am. I'm yeah. so excited to be there. Well, welcome here to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Thank Cafe. You. You're also the chaplain at the Newman Center there yes. on campus at the University of Minnesota in Duluth, right? Yep, right there on Lake Superior. Yeah, nifty keen. That is like so cool. And I'm so glad you're here because it's interesting. Um, I thought, you know, Tom, we've done all these shows about all these mm-hmm. different topics and we've yep. never really talked to a guy that's running... A Newman Center. No, and I would imagine it's pretty critical. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty critical. So I think it's kind of cool that you're going to sit here and tell us now everything. So we're just going to shut everything up. I know. You just tell everything you know. Download. Well, You've only got about 20 more minutes, though. We've, uh, started, we've blown four minutes in the introduction. Started back in 1903. <laughs> yeah, <you> just, <laughs> Actually, I did start back. At, I think I started back on campus back in 05. 05. Is that what we say it now? I think we get yeah. to. Right. We, we can to. say that. That shows how old we are. Yeah. Right? Because now we can... You know, turn of the century means yeah. 2000. <laughs> yeah, I remember back then. Remember, remember when the millennium changed? Oh, gosh. Yeah, Y2K. <laughs> it was a huge... Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> the big thing. Doomsday. Never happened. No. Nope. Uh, you know, Jesus. every time someone says Jesus is coming, you know, you should act like he is, but you don't know he is. Yeah, that's why every morning I say he's coming today. And I, then he doesn't, because someone said it. Me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's going to prolong. Anyway, that's a whole other show. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. But I thought maybe it'd be good, because I know uh, this is a time of year when, when folks are packing off to college. Yeah. You know, mamas are crying because their babies are going off to school. And Dads, too. You were right about cr- this. That is crying right on the inside. Though. Come on now. You guys don't cry, do you? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, man. The end of It's a Wonderful Life, I cry every time. I can't help it. <laughs> When that woman comes and gives all her money, that the, yeah. the maid the older lady, you get it, she was save this for me if I ever got a husband. Yeah, <laughs> save this for my divorce if I ever got a husband. Right. That's what she says. I just start bawling. It's yeah. just so touching. But anyway, all that aside, people are sending their kids off to school. So I know parents are like, "What's what are they going to they?" Because most of them have been through the experience. Yeah. So some might be a little worried about what that experience is going to be like, and then maybe some young people who are packing off to college 
are kind of thinking, well, I got my world all scoped out. I kind of figure where I'm going to go. And I th- you've been on in that ministry for how long now? It's uh, this is the start of my my twelfth year next week. Right, a dozen. So you've yeah. got you've got a little experience with it, and so yeah. I thought it'd be good for us to maybe talk about some of uh, the important things that people might consider, whether it's parents or students, uh, about their faith life and their college life, their experience there. Yeah. And and I guess maybe we should start with what the heck is a Newman Center? When we hear <laughs> that expression, people go. It's a Newman Center. It's, it's, it's on a college campus, right? Mm-hmm. But wh- where does that come from? What right. is that? So there was a, a, a convert to the Catholic faith back in was 1800s? No. Something. 1800s, yeah. The uh, other turn of the century. John, the other. The other um, John Henry Newman. Yeah. He was an Anglican priest, part of the Oxford movement that just really tried to get back to the authentic gospel um, and read his way by um, studying the church fathers, realized, wait a second, um, as Anglicans, we've kind of gone away from that and mm. he recognized that uh, he was called back to the Catholic Church at 45 yeah. I think he became a uh, Catholic and became a priest right. a Catholic priest um, and uh, so he was really big in the university setting and so when um, in the United States as I understand it in the United States when it wasn't a Catholic campus or a Catholic right. university um, there was still a need to serve the Catholic students at the public schools, right. at the state schools. And so they, because of John Henry Newman's connection with universities and education, they just named those campus. A lot of campus ministers are named after him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the well, Newman. Well, it's always good. And it's good when we, whatever <clears throat> ministry, whatever thing we're doing, we'll name it after somebody. It's good to find out who that somebody yeah. was. Blessed. Yeah. How off, uh, uh, awesome it is to, 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 to know that there's people who have gone before us. Yeah. And have charted some incredible uh, paths that we follow now. Well, you know, and, and, and people over, overlook the fact that I, th- I think it's statistically more Catholics are served by Newman centers than by Catholic universities. Now, that's, an, that's I didn't know that. It, it, and, and even if it's really? close, it's impressive. And it might not be true, but, but it sounds that's I, great. That's what I just said on the air. So I guess we have to believe it. It sounds great. Yeah. Well, even if that wasn't true, even if that wasn't true, it's important it's that we we stop. Well, okay, we're getting our people in the peanut gallery are shouting out. It's true. It's true. It's a cafe. That's right. Exactly. There's someone at the next, uh, <laughs> next, booth. At the next listen, booth. He's over listening there. to our conversation. This is super embarrassing. <laughs> Seriously. Waitress, can you escort those people out? Do I need to throw myself in front of you now? <laughs> Don't you, you poke said the you bear. Had, you had his back. Don't poke the tiger. <laughs> yeah. um, Ooh, the Olympics. Well played. Well the Olympics. Uh, yes. Rowdy Gaines yep. kept saying that. Don't poke the tiger. I'm like, dude, that's not the saying. It's the saying bear. is don't poke the bear. Yeah. It's okay. He kept, uh, We've just now corrected that so everything's good. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's okay. I'm glad that we don't always get back. And, and the get back is even if that wasn't – it is true that more folks, Catholics, are served there on, on the campus than anywhere else. It, it's, it's, it's incredible to understand that this is an important time in oh, yeah. young people's lives. Well, yeah, we were you know, talking earlier at this kind of sense of I also work, as, I, as you mentioned, with the youth ministry in our diocese. And I really love working with the middle school students and with high school students because one of the things we, just, we realize is um, that point of conversion, that point of encounter with the Lord, um, it needs to happen earlier and earlier. That it, right. back in the even half a generation, full generation, couple generations ago. That the 17, like 17, 18 is the time you really want to encounter the Lord. Well, now you recognize that if it's not at 13 or if at 14, mm. maybe 12 even, right. then um, you lose a lot. Mm. Uh, and so I love working with that age because there's such, there's such a, um, oh, an openness. Right. Because they're not like stuck. So there's an right. openness. Um, on the other hand, they're, they can be kind of fickle. 
in yeah. that sense that they can be completely open. And just one of the biggest tragedies that I experience is when we have a student who is like, they were totally on point. You know, we, we got them in middle school, then they were awesome during high school, and then they went off to college, and like something happened. And so that's kind of, that can be a, a big frustration for us, um, mm-hmm. for me personally. Um, on the other hand, you have after college, where a lot of people have, look, this is life now. And so I'm not looking at changing anything. I'm looking at, and I'm not looking at making decisions. I've made the decisions. Here's the path I'm on. And so, whereas, um, for junior high, middle school, high school, there's openness to change, but then there's some fickleness, right? Post college, there's most more consistency, but less generally speaking, openness to change that, that sweet spot kind of is, is the college age. So college is when you're kind of saying, Hey, look, you're going to be making decisions now that yeah. really are going to profoundly affect your life for the rest of your life. For the for, rest for of many your life. Of you. Yeah. Yeah. So that means that's an, it's a very important time. So I guess if you're talking to a parent who, again, packing off, uh, you know, juniors, uh, uh, his room, picking up all the important stuff and sending him to wherever, uh, out of the city somewhere he's on, my baby's on his own, yeah. you know, uh, it's important to understand that some serious decisions are going to get made there. And I know we, we hear horror stories. I, I, one of the my greatest joys is having nine kids. And, and the older ones, we've had four, have had college experience. So I've got like these little spies that I send out, right, you know, yeah. telling me what's going on nowadays. Some of the stories are just, I just you know, parents need to be aware that, that – while college is a wonderful opportunity to to embrace so many different cultures and understandings and people and and to, and to understand the world in in, in, in such a, a, a great a vast array of different things going on, but it's also a time when there's a lot of stuff that you might not approve of, kind of just getting poured down their throats. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's everything from the the disastrous stuff that's just immediate. So, as an example, I hate. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate them when I was younger. Uh, and you don't hate, though. Just well, no, no, not people, but uh, <laughs> the certain kind of uh, yes, the college movie, you know, so the teen college movie mm-hmm. kind of thing that's out there now. Um, I when I watch them, I'm like, oh, I because I see the other side, right? That here are these kids. We off to college and just a great party. It was so much fun. I mean, we hooked up. We had sex with this person, da, da, da. and I'm like, okay, I. The next day, when they knock on the door at the Newman House where I live and say, okay. You know, I uh, all through high school, I I was a, a good kid. I, I followed the Lord. I'm, and here I my first night on campus. Here's what happened. And I just mm-hmm. thought I had to do that because that was what that's the dream. That's what happens when you get to go to college. Right. Is is you go out to this party and just live it up. And they never show the devastation. They never show the next day. They never show the the real hurt. So here's yep. Here's all the buddies, and they're trying to get laid. They're trying to whatever, and then. Like, yeah, but there was another person there, and she now mm. is I mean she had a whole she has a whole story, and now she has the rest of her life where mm. you were that guy who just got what you wanted and then you moved on, or vice versa I mean right. it happens both ways i mean there's 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 so much devastation that I get to unfortunately get to see um so that's a real thing, and that one of the things I would say to whether it be the, whether it be to parents or to or to their kids going off is just that you don't have to do that. Like, that doesn't even have to be a part of your life. Um, and yet, so many people see that as, no, that's, that, that's college. Now, it doesn't it, have to be. Is that, is that a, maybe a reason why you might want to say to someone that they would want to get uh, involved in when they go on campus? Oh, yeah. To, a, to a Newman Center, to, be a, to surround yourself with some folks that might be able to help you through and it's so ta- good. challenging times. Absolutely, like because, because what I like, um, some people come to campus, if they had a great uh, youth ministry program, for them, it's kind of youth ministry 2.0. Uh, 
which I do not advocate um, because I think it's time to grow up. And so there's a community here. We don't want to have a click here. And so great campus ministries, great Newman centers are like that, where it's, no, this is a community of people who um, actually are growing in brotherhood. They're actually growing in sisterhood. They're learning how to be adults um, in the church, but just like real human beings without kind of that, uh, without some some imposed authority. Like, no, I'm making these decisions. And I mean, just this is one of those things where I keep going back to this again and again, this, uh, this theory that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that sense of like, okay, so if that's true, that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, we have a couple people in this booth. So that's nice. That's right. And Hey, I'm in a good average. I'm just going to say. I'll tell you, I'm looking around right now. I'm, yeah. I'm, in, good, I'm in a good spot. I yeah. tell people if they want to get you. to heaven to stand next to somebody who's holy. Because like when God comes to gather his people, he's got a <laughs> big hand. Right, and yeah. if you're like right get next to somebody, hang on. you're going to get kind of swooped yeah. up in the middle of it. So that's a good thing to be yeah. with people who are going through the same thing, experiencing the same thing. Uh, and, and you are who you hang out with. Yeah. I mean, it's a sense of... When it comes to what do you do in your free time? Well, I work out. Okay, what do you do in your free time? Well, I, you know, I play video games. There's a big difference then. People who live a certain like kind of life, they congregate together. Those who say, actually, I eat healthy. Well, I guess so do I, because I'm not going to be the guy eating ice cream when everyone else at the booth is eating salad. Like that sense, same kind of thing when it comes to what do you do on Sunday? There was this young girl, um, awesome. I know her family really well. She came up to UMD, Minnesota Duluth. Went to Catholic high school, Catholic grade school. Um, parents are all in. Just they absolutely love Christ and love their daughter. Their daughter loves them. And uh, I know her. Like we're good. I know the family. Really good friends. She came to Mass on campus twice. Mm. And then uh, then she dropped out of school after about a year and a half. I remember asking her, like, what? Can you just, you know, no, I'm not trying to judge you about this, but just can you tell me? Because I want to find, I want to get every student like you, but like I already had you in the sense that like, I was friends with you when you showed up. Like you knew the priest on a, you know, yeah. uh, I, I've I've stayed overnight at your your parents' house. That kind of a thing. Like right. I've eaten your meals. This whole thing. Um, why didn't you come to mass? And um, she said, "Well, you know, I just got this group of friends, and uh, mass wasn't really part of our weekend. And mm-hmm. so I had this habit that I just easily fell out of because no one was." And telling, telling me to go. No one was telling, except for the people I was spending time with. It was like, oh, it's Sunday night, isn't it? Monday's tomorrow. I totally spaced that it was, mm. I could have gone to church today. And uh, just became, she said, it just became easier to not go than to go. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly due because, again, not terrible friends, but just not friends who were lifting her up and uh, leading her to what she ultimately knew was going to be better for her. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Uh the prophetic words of that night in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, choose wisely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? So right, right. Uh, with that said, we're going to take a break real quick. I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. We're going to come back in just a sec uh, and talk some more to Father Mike Schmitz about uh, this wonderful world of college life. Right after this. I'm Bester Zemski. And this is another great moment in church history. Jesus calls us to love those who need it most. The hungry, the naked, the stranger, the sick, and even those in prison. In the Gospel of Matthew, he reminds us, Truly I say to you, 
As you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. St. Joseph Cavasso took that calling to heart. St. Joseph was born in Italy in 1811 with a deformed spine that left him short in stature and crippled his entire life. He felt a calling to the priesthood and was ordained in Turin, Italy in 1833. He was constantly plagued with complications from his medical condition, but he united the pain and suffering he felt with that of Christ's suffering on the cross. He never let it deter him from his calling to serve as a priest in Christ's one church. Remembering Jesus' call to visit those in prison, St. Joseph decided to focus the full attention of his ministry not only on reforming the prison conditions in Italy, but reforming the prisoners as well. He spent endless hours ministering to the prisoners. Writing about St. Joseph Cavasso, his friend, St. John Bosco, said, A single word from him, a look, a smile, his very presence, suffice to dispel melancholy, drive away temptation, and produce holy resolution in the soul. St. Joseph spent much of his time on death row. His peaceful, spiritual demeanor led many a condemned prisoner to seek a closer relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and many were converted to the Catholic faith. Once, he accompanied 60 newly baptized prisoners to the gallows. Because they were put to death shortly after having been welcomed into the church, confessing their sins and receiving absolution, St. Joseph referred to them as hanged saints. He truly loved these prisoners, and in doing so, he truly loved Christ. St. Joseph told us, We are born to love, we live to love, and we will die to love still more. Because of his work in the prisons and his constant devotion to those condemned, he was known throughout the land as the priest of the gallows. St. Joseph Cavasso died in 1860 from pneumonia and conditions related to his birth defects. He was canonized by Pope Pius XII in 1947. Patron saint of those condemned to die, his feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on January 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff talking with uh, Father Mike Schmitz, who is the Director of Youth Ministry for the Diocese of Duluth in Minnesota. A cold place, right, during the cold times, but nice otherwise, right? It is. um, We we had a woman who worked for us once, and she said um, that she didn't understand how students would come to Duluth for, you know, September through May, and then they leave. Right. She said, she, she said it was like it's like living through purgatory for nine months, and then when it comes heaven, you all take off and you go back home. Like that's Duluth in the summertime is gorgeous, and in the wintertime it's just it's outdoor. I mean the whole the whole year round it's an outdoor town. Now is that and one of those places that has like tunnels to different places because it gets so cold? It does. Yeah. See, yes. that's it's so foreign to anybody in the South to think that there would be like a college campus that had tunnels. Why would you have tunnels? Yeah, all the buildings are connected pretty much, so you don't have to go outside if you don't want to. Yeah. Well, so cool. students will show up, you know, in January, they'll show up to class in shorts and flip flops because, because they, didn't they, go just, out. they didn't go outside. Well, very good. So that wow. gives us a little picture of what it's like yeah. up there. So you guys got a lot of time to sit around and look at each other during the wintertime. Yep. Do you ever interact with the parents much or is it just the kids that you? Well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. Whole nother part of the ministry is um, not as much. 
which is great. Um, <laughs> because because this is more about because you know the helicopter parent uh, reality where uh, I'm, I'm speaking with a. Uh, uh, the head of housing up until last two years ago, um, and he said that he, in his 30 years there, he had seen such a huge change. Yeah. Where in the last 10 years of his being on campus, um, he dealt more with the parents than he did with the students because well, they father, would drive. You need to know my son. He, you know, he, he's special. He's got this yeah. thing, and he's really got. And I got to make sure. And this is uh, yeah. And so, yeah. so in that, there's the helicopter parents. The next iteration of the helicopter parent is the Zamboni parent. Um, oh. So the helicopter parent comes in to rescue. Thing, that's the ice right? machine. See, we, again, I have yeah, to translate have some, for these, people. These Zamboni, we've never seen a Zamboni. You just, you just come out and make all everything smooth. You just take away every obstacle. You just want to eliminate the problem. So I thankfully don't have to deal with that very much because um, I don't want to. So okay, so, <laughs> so my, my, my so I just don't. <laughs> my world is a DRE is oh, yeah. a second grade uh, parents of second graders and of confirmation kids. You know, you you, you wonder like. I question God's wisdom sometimes about this whole parenting thing, uh, but you know they're they're part of the world. Oh yeah, and I know that a lot of parents who are listening to us now know that we're you know we're happy that they're our parents, right? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, to understand the important time that their kids are in college at this time and what's going on, it's not just about making sure they get that degree that's going to afford them a, a wonderful, happy life. Because so often we see the people that have everything they need to have a happy life, and yet they don't have a happy life. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and so a lot, some parents can say, like, it just seems so impossible to get my child. How, how can I assure that they are going to show up for Mass? How, how can I assure that they're going to be practicing Catholics? Now, and there is no way to assure right. that. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be rocket surgery where um, <clears throat> there was a student we had once. He went to Mass every single Sunday. Because his dad said he sat him down before he took off, and and he and his relation, his dad had a good relationship, healthy relationship, and he said, you know, this is really important for me that for the next four years at least, every Sunday you go to you go to mass, and uh, he was there every single Sunday, and he, he it, it moved the ball down the field for him, and it was be, just, it wasn't anything complex. His dad wasn't forcing him. He just said, this is really important to me, and I know that you know that I love you, I know that you respect me. And so here's what I'm asking you to do as an adult right. for your dad, um, but for you ultimately. And, and that, that's all it took uh, for this guy. And, you know, ups and downs, all these, you know, rocky road, all these kind of things. At the same time, um, that's, that's what this guy needed. And it was very simple and straightforward. And in some, some ways, I guess it worked. Don't you find it that's amazing <clears throat> when you're talking to kids and you realize when there's trouble, there's, there's whatever. Sometimes the kids themselves don't really... That maybe they've never really known that they were loved. And sometimes oh. parents need to realize the importance of saying, I love you, to hear those words, especially to a kid who's going off to college. Cause you, and, and, and occasionally calling them, just saying, hey, mm-hmm. not judging, just love you. And not to call them and say, so what was the homily about? <laughs> right. You know, when you call up on Monday morning, it's Did like, uh. <laughs> well, I, I think there's, there's a balance. You know, parents hopefully probably know their, their kids best yeah. and would know how each child would respond to that kind of thing. But I don't know. I think sometimes when there's that expectation, the expectation is that you're going come to come to Mass. You're going to go to Mass. So I'm going to ask you. Again, you can, and you have to, if you tell me I didn't go, all right. You know, but I don't know. I mean, what do I know about that kind of stuff? I don't. Yeah, but you do know the kids. And so what about right. the kids that are coming? They're going to they're, they're show up uh, at the University of Minnesota, right? They're Catholic. They've been raised Catholic. So they're quote-unquote good Catholics, meaning they've been to Mass all the time. Right. Uh, 
and we all know, like in the inner circle, that that doesn't always make the good Catholic, right? But mm-hmm. the reality is they show up there. <clears throat> as If they're listening right now, why do they need to be concerned about what they're getting ready to step into? They may think they already know that I'm going to be in business, I'm going to be in architecture, I'm going to be in music, I'm going to be in whatever. What do they need? Why would they want to, you know, knock on your door over at the Newman Center? That's a great question. I think that... Um most most people, maybe most Catholics, maybe I'm not sure if most Christians, um, we don't expect anything of value from the church. Um, I, I think we just expect, okay, so if I do that, what you're telling me, I don't have to go to hell, right? Yeah, that's the okay. deal. <laughs> okay, well, thanks. I'll shake on that and I'll keep showing up. Right. Um, but we don't expect to get anything of value from the church because, by and large, I've got my track. I'm going to go into business or I'm going to go into medicine. I'm going to go into whatever. And I, the church is kind of this, like, mosquito in the background just kind of says okay but pay attention to us over here too and so um i'm not getting anything from it but uh i guess i probably should pay some attention to the church and i think that there's there's that that deeper reality that as as got the christians we have so much to offer not just for their four years of college but for the rest of their lives here's there's a lot of value that jesus can add to your life i'm not just to your afterlife but to your life right now and i don't think as catholics we do a very very good job of communicating that so it's absolutely clear that you want to be here not only because it's good to not go to hell but also because you will have a full life if you live life fully engaged as a catholic and i think that's um, one of the biggest secrets that that's awesome. We're keeping to ourselves. Hey, if you're willing, to, if you're wanting to step out into the world, don't be afraid to walk into the Newman Center. Yeah, and spend a little time there. Yeah, absolutely. And then if if um, you're not going there, one of the things, one of the resources we put out, uh, not just for college students, but for anybody, is there's a weekly uh, podcast that we'll do as yep. well. Not that not competitive with this one. This is super good. <laughs> yeah. um, that but bulldogcatholic.org because the UMD Bulldogs. That's why people are like, oh, Bulldog Catholic, because you were like tenacious. Like, no, no, it's it's the cool mascot. So bulldogcatholic.org, or just go to iTunes and uh, search for UMD Newman, um, and there's the the podcast. But well every once in a while, you videos. need a little bulldog in your life. You know, you kind of right? do. So that's why I got Tom here. Yep. Tom's here. He's here. He's got here. your back. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Thanks again, Father Mike. Would you mind sending a little prayer our way uh, for Absolutely. all the people who are listening, especially the college kids and, uh, and also the parents? You bet. You bet. Oh, hey, Minnesota. You betcha. <laughs> oh, my God, we thank you and give you praise for this day. We ask that you please send your Holy Spirit upon all students going off to college, returning to college for their travels, uh, for their souls. We pray for their, their safety and well-being. We also pray peace of mind and for the, your Holy Spirit to fill um, hearts and minds of their siblings left at home and their parents. Father, may you bless all of them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.